Hey folks, welcome to Narratives. Narratives is a podcast exploring the ways in which the world is better than in the past, the ways it is worse, and the paths towards a better, more definite vision of the future. I'm your host, Will Jarvis, and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. You can find show notes, transcripts, and videos at narrativespodcast.com. Josiah, thanks for hopping on. I really appreciate it. Um, and could you, we just hop right into it. Could you give us a brief bio and, and some of the oh, big geez. things you're interested in? And you've done a bio. lot. So, you know, that that's tough. I don't know what that is. Uh, my biography. Um, let's see. I was born on a farm in Indiana. Um, nice. Yeah. It was like a, a pretty, it was an animal farm. Um, you know, we had chickens and animal goats and all, all sorts of animals um, yeah. lived out in the middle of nowhere yeah I didn't actually realize that there was like a real world probably until I was like 10 oh that's because I, awesome. I was also homeschooled so like my life was just like running around you know we had like a few acres of property and we had a, a yeah. creek that ran through like we had a bridge that went over our driveway um so like you know we just all day would just run around and like do whatever we wanted that was like our lives That's awesome yeah it was pretty it was pretty fun um pretty crazy and then you know um it wasn't until a little bit after that that we when we moved to the suburbs of chicago um that i realized you know what the rest of the world is like right <laughs> i was just like whoa oh you know like oh my god this is weird <laughs> Right. <laughs> this is wild man so wild uh yeah i remember going to school for the first time in south side of chicago it was just so weird it was super weird that's amazing <laughs> it was just like such a culture shock um for me but uh yeah so then i grew up on the south side of chicago um you know i have a my 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 extended family still lives there so nice. we're, we're we're south side of chicago italians and irishes um which is like a distinct thing you know nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a distinct class of people in the world like this that, is the thing yeah like if you're from chicago you know you know there's like the south side irish and italians you know it's like a, it's like awesome. a thing <laughs> <laughs> the certain bars they frequent the churches they went to the neighborhoods yeah. you know it's just like you know we have like a butcher and a baker that like nice. my family still goes to you know don the butcher right. and uh <laughs> i'm not even joking it's funny that's cool that's really cool um so yeah always been a big like i'm going like way too deep in my <laughs> you good. said bio so you know like here it is i'm right? just winging it yeah um but yeah uh I've always been really into family and stuff like that. Um, and always really into, you know, maybe like engineering or like building stuff. Even when I was a little kid, I'd always be trying to like, you know, you give me like five twigs and I'll try to build something out of it, you know, like a trebuchet or some crazy shit. Also, do we allow profanity on this? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Lean into it. (laughs) 
you say that now, but just yeah, like, oh god, <laughs> yeah. like banned from Apple Podcasts. Or something. Yeah, just kicked out. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, you know, I, the thing was, I was just never really good at school, so I was like, oh gosh, um, how does that work? You know, yeah. How do you become like a scientist or engineer when you're not good at school? Right. Those how do you navigate? Are like mutually exclusive which is really weird because they don't seem like they should have to be right like right if you have knowledge you shouldn't you know you should just be able to do something you shouldn't necessarily have to like you know be able to quote shakespeare be you know i remember an undergrad <clears throat> you know taking literature classes taking like french i you know they made us take a, a foreign language and yeah. stuff and it's just like all this crazy stuff and it's just like what i wasn't good at like a lot of that i'm not good at test taking i'm terrible at test taking you know um but surprisingly uh i was good at science um nice and i was really interested in it uh because i really i have this like reductionist view of the world like i like to break things down to first principles nice um so it's like you know it, it, it really fit well with me. Yeah. Is there, is there something where like, it, it feels like things have gotten weird in a certain sense where there's like, there's science as a process, you know, like you create a process, yeah. you know, those things. And then there's science as an institution. Yeah. And that's a, you know, so it's like credentialing. We think trust the science means, you know, trust scientists, which are this class of like yeah. ordained priests, right. Which is different than the process itself. Yeah, no, it is interesting um, because it's like it is like one of these last bastions of like, oh, gosh, I don't even know how you call it. But it, it really is like a priesthood because it's just like, you know, obviously, like when I think about like a medical doctor or something like that, like, yeah, eh, you know, I'm OK with like the person who's going to cut me open and like you know so stitch up my heart or some shit like having to had to go to school and like right right take tests like (laughs) some mark yeah yeah you know yeah like i'm okay with that i'm I'm not like an absolute uh libertarian anti like structuralist anti-system because like you know there's some things that like (laughs) yeah you know do you really want somebody who like is a self-taught surgeon like yeah, maybe not, you know? <laughs> Even if they're really good, like, I, you know? Oh, like, man. Yeah. I just have questions, right? Yeah. I'd just rather go with the, you know, old and trusted for for something like that. Yeah. You know? It's like astronauts. Like, for astronaut, you don't want some crazy maverick person who's, like, the, the brilliant genius. Like, no, they're going to, like, burn down the space station. Right. They just... Try to do some crazy experiment or something. Just follow directions really well. Yeah, you just want somebody <laughs> who follows directions really well, right? Like... <laughs> do this and you do it like <laughs> great <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think people understand that though right like yeah <laughs> there's some jobs that you just want people who follow directions yeah. really well use checklists uh, and stuff yeah yeah right <laughs> 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 you don't even use i don't even use you know checklists for my groceries and stuff right. like <laughs> <laughs> i'd never be an astronaut <laughs> like they would never accept me they'd be like dude <laughs> you're definitely gonna burn this place down right. Fail. it's definitely coming back down earth <laughs> we're not taking him i saw that video of you online josiah like right like oh god <laughs> your application immediately they're yep. just like nope nope, nope. <laughs> not that guy <laughs> not that guy <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah 
but like science isn't like that right like right. science is like it's like a creative art form um yeah. where like who cares who does it like in fact right. it, it's better to have more diversity because if we're trying to work to solve problems whenever you're trying to work to solve problems having like the most diversity is you know I mean, that's the way it used to be in the old days, right? At least that's what I remember. My grandpa used to always say stuff like there was an Italian guy, a Jewish guy, and a black guy. No, I'm joking. Those are really racist jokes. That <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wrong, wrong avenue. <laughs> like, it was a good... It was a, it was, he was thinking about diversity, you know? That's what yeah. I think. That's what he's going for. <laughs> <laughs> Diversity is good in problem solving. I think that's yes, what his that, lesson was. That's exactly. what, that was his lesson was. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, I think that's that's what science needs. Is like we don't need gatekeeping because like this knowledge isn't necessarily dangerous to anybody. Right. At least like most of the stuff you do, you know, yeah. sure if you try to make like a new uh, a nuclear bomb or something, like, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's dangerous. Sure, yeah. I'll all that. Like I don't care you know like yeah that's not going to stop the scientific investigative process but like especially when it comes to like more fringe and crazy ideas where a lot of innovation comes from a lot of those things are hampered because like uh the system because a lot of the people who are in the system all come from similar backgrounds um just because of all the gatekeeping and stuff like that yeah it's, you know it's like you look at like priesthoods and stuff like you know i you know, when you picture a priest or something like that, like, yeah, I don't picture somebody other than like some white European dude. Right. Yeah, right? absolutely. And it's like, that's the same thing I picture when I think of a scientist. Right. Right. And that's, that's sad because all these, you know, white upper middle class, upper class dudes who are doing this stuff, you know, they come from the same background. So they think, very similarly and a lot of it's very uh it's like very uh pragmatic you know very dogmatic right and they're not really trying to do stuff they're not really trying to ruffle feathers or shake things up or anything like that and uh but the thing is is like if you want to create a time machine like somebody's gonna have to research it right right if you want to create like human monkey hybrid like somebody's gonna have to research it definitely even though it sounds like the most crazy ridiculous dumb thing right like you're gonna have to have somebody work on it at some point in time yeah and you can either push those people to the fringes and be like you're dumb whatever right like they did with scientists for all of history like they always do with scientists who work on fringe stuff um but then eventually those people are gonna become mainstream because people are like oh yeah you know gosh darn it like we can fly you know right oh gosh you know it was great for like people to be able to learn to read or like computers (laughs) did have other yeah computers did have other uses than just like bomb trajectories right like right (laughs) a weird thought in the beginning you know looking back it's retrospectively obvious but yeah you know and it's like that's the thing is like scientists uh, they really pride themselves on being very you know how do i want to say like experimental and uh 
uh, empirical about things, but like the empiricism says that like we want more crazy people doing science because they're the ones who usually have right. some innovative breakthroughs. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think that's super important. Have you ever read the book Inadequate Equilibria? No. By any chance? Uh, Eliezer Yudkowsky wrote it, and I, I'll give you a brief anecdote and see yeah, if this yeah. jives. So in the book, it's all about how um, incentives drive people's actions, and there's all these weird incentives in the world. And, and yeah. we, we think things are like behave like markets at times, but oftentimes there's reasons they don't. So Yudkowsky... Yeah, you know, his wife had really terrible seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. Um, so in really terrible. And she would have to fly to Chile to um, get in the sun during the winter months, because if not, you know, she'd feel really terrible. So he sits there, yeah. he reads through all the literature and he's like, well, you know, traditional light boxes, I've actually got one right here. You know, they're not yeah. bright enough. Like that's what he concludes. He's like, what if yeah. I just made it 10 times brighter? So he made a light box. He's strung up all these like super powerful LEDs in his apartment and it's like 10 times as bright as any light box you can buy and it works great like suddenly during the winter months she's never depressed anymore um and so he looks in through all the there's all these researchers these psychiatrists and you know um psychologists who look into sad and none of them had come up with the idea what if we just made the lights 10 times as bright as they are (laughs) (laughs) which is like really weird right i mean these all these people are incentivized you would think to come up with some kind of cure for sad but no one ever thought just turn the light up brighter yeah, I know it's hard because like a lot of the structures, especially the ones that have been around, like society changes. And so what happens is when the incentives don't change, they can become very out of equilibria, right? right. Yeah. It's like when science started to become a thing where, you know, you it's you can raise money, you can make right. money, you can become famous and all this stuff from it then it started incentivizing doing science for specifically those reasons. And the same, you know, I have a big problem with medicine and the way it's practiced in the world and stuff like that. And that's a huge one. You know, medicine is extremely incentivized not to keep you healthy. It's not that they don't try to keep you healthy, but it's extremely incentivized not to, you know, the Austin, I don't, I don't know if it was Austin FC you know, the, the soccer yeah. team here or another one. I remember I was looking up sponsors for some of these teams and like one of the sponsors for, you know, one of these major league soccer teams is like nationwide children's hospital or something. You're like, <laughs> why? why is a hospital taking money like to sponsor a sport? That doesn't even it's make very any bizarre sense. to think it's because <laughs> their business and their incentives are to make money. And like the right. way hospitals make money is when sick people come to them. And it's yep. like, whether you agree with, that that are not like it's the truth like they make money when people are sick and so their incentives are misaligned with what society (laughs) actually needs and society actually needs people to be healthy that's right right and so it's like that whole system is super screwed up super screwed up and like i don't know if we will ever figure out a way around that where it's just like how, how to do that same with drug development you know drug companies like they have no incentive to make drugs for certain diseases or certain right. things because they won't make money off of it exactly and like the incentives are wrong right yep. and it's just like ah how do we fix that i i don't you know i i have a lot of idea you know my idea is like teach people to do science and medicine yeah um because their incentives are generally to heal themselves and help themselves right Right. And so their incentives are completely aligned with their 
their own moral views and their health and everything like that. Right. And so it, it, it like takes out a lot of that structure that's in place. Um, it ends up becoming in general, a, a libertarian slash anarchical mess, but you know, it's like, <laughs> it's a good place to start. I right. think. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No doubt. And <laughs> this reminds me in political science. There's, there's two terms, you know, what do you do? Like, there's voice and exit so voices like hey like guys like we need to change this internally and there's exit which is like we need to go outside of tract institutions and try and create you know some kind of competitive force or like where people are trying to do more of the right thing and, and they're with the right goals um and i see you more on the side of like you know you're you've exited especially with the odin so could you talk about the odin a little bit and like uh, i think it's it's super awesome um a really cool concept yeah, no. So, you know, I went to graduate school, got my PhD at the University of Chicago. Um, and I was just like academia, the whole system isn't for me because the incentives are misaligned, right? Yeah. It was about publishing and getting grants. It wasn't about right. doing science or cool science. So I went to NASA and I worked there for a few years. Um, yeah. And uh, the incentives were also misaligned there. It was more about like bureaucracy and shit like that, right. even though they... NASA always has all these crazy ideas and they're like, Oh, we're working on all this crazy stuff. Yeah. Like the experiments you can do actually do like on the international space station and stuff are like 1980s experiments oh, man. because that's it's really, just like, that's, that's all they really have the, the technology up there. And like the, yeah. the, they're willing, the bureaucracy is willing to allow up there, which is like, <laughs> I get it. You know, if you're like got 10 people living in outer space, yeah. you don't want to fuck with that shit. You know, yeah, you gotta be careful. <laughs> like, checklist again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I get it. But also I was like, man, there's really not a lot of innovation going on here because like nobody ever gets the opportunity to test because everything has to go through like 20 years of development to make sure it's hundred percent safe um, right. before it ever goes up or flies yeah. or anything like that. And uh, so I was like, gosh, you know, like, how do I find a system or create a system in which science is free? People are free to do science to do whatever they want. And uh, it was biohacking, you know, and I'm yeah. not the originator of the idea of biohacking, you know, doing science outside traditional environments. And it probably dates back to as old as time, right? Um, scientists 500 years ago were just people who were bored yeah. trying to discover the mysteries of the universe right. or whatever right <laughs> um and it changed from there um but i think that that was a really good time because the only incentive was to like find something cool and impress your friends right which is really <laughs> cool like, <laughs> yeah you know like especially because friends are hard to impress you know <laughs> That's right. They are. <laughs> I bar. <laughs> they are. They're usually just like, oh man. Like God. Will's that here again. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't get him to shut up and get out of here. Um and uh, you know, uh I think going back to that 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 way of doing science will it is like really cool because all the things I want to see, all the science experiments I want to do, I like the crazy stuff, you know? Right. Like that's what everybody wants to do. Like nobody wants to figure out, you know, my, the title of my first paper was, uh, let me see if I could get this correctly. It was like 
the N-terminal helix of AS Love 2 <laughs> modulates light activated conformational change or something like yeah, that. Right. <laughs> like some obscure ass <laughs> shit. Like so obscure. Like I loved it. I loved working on it, but yeah. it was nothing more than like mental masturbation, right? Right. Um but like what I'd really want to work on is like can you transplant brains between animals or something like, like <laughs> why, what scientists wouldn't want to work on that if they don't want right. to work on that they're like lying to you right. you know exactly. <laughs> they're like how do i make humans grow wings like yeah. what scientist doesn't want to work on that like are yeah. you crazy or like how do i make an anti-gravity machine or travel in time or make a lightsaber or an invisibility cloak or like all these things like, right this is what scientists actually want to work on they've right. just like been so brainwashed that they think that they want to work on you know stuff i wrote papers on right when it's like no that's just like the only thing people will fund because they think it's correct it's the correct science to do right absolutely yeah and it's just super narrow hole to get through and it's just like not very interesting at the end of the day yeah and so like you you figure like well how do you do this and it's like well you need to create a lab or scientific system outside of the scientific system and generally that requires like some sort of infrastructure right like yeah how do you get the supplies how do you get the materials how do you get how do you learn if you've never done it before right without going to graduate school right um and so i set about trying to figure out those problems and like how can i supply people with everything they need and the knowledge so that they can do complex genetic engineering molecular biology science outside of traditional environments and that's when my company the odin was born and uh nice. we sell um you know the dash odin.com people can check it out we sell you know all sorts of kits and supplies even if you've had no experience to try to teach people to do you know genetic engineering because like all the crazy ideas you know all the crazy ideas generally come from not academic scientists. They come from just like random people. Um, and I think they're the ones who are going to push science forward in the next, you know, 10, 20, 50, a hundred years. Right. Absolutely. And it, it, this reminds me of, you know, Max Planck, he, you know, he worked on thermodynamics for like 20 years, you know, and, and I just think about that kind of long, you know, it's his kind of wacky idea he was thinking about and he was kind of doing some other stuff on the side. But I, I think about that a lot, you know, like, he he lived in a time where there's enough freedom for him to pursue that that goal and like and work to his logical conclusion and it paid off in a really big way um oh, yeah but it seems like it's difficult to do that now it's much more difficult yeah it's just difficult to hear the word thermodynamics man because like i did a lot of my phd thesis on that and gives me like terrible <laughs> flashbacks it's just like both equations and stuff it's yeah. just like oh god like, no. <laughs> i know think about that stuff right <laughs> I don't want to think about Boltzmann distributions or like good, man. partition functions. Right. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> physical chemistry. I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> About to have an anxiety attack. That's Can't good. believe you mentioned thermal. I don't think anybody's ever mentioned thermodynamics in a, you know, a, a discussion <laughs> interview with me. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's super cool. Well, and, and I just want to say the Odin. It, it's it's a really cool site. I want everybody to go check it out. Um, you've got, you know, CRISPR kits where people can, you know, experiment with CRISPR at home, which was, you know, I mean, 
when was CRISPR even discovered? I mean, it's within the last 10 years, right? Yeah, 2011. I Well, you know, it was, it went through a, a bunch of phases, but it started to really become popular in like 2012. Well, among scientists. And then it yeah. really started to become popular with people, maybe like more around 2015. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, Here's the thing is that like you, you, one of the big things that I always hate is like you read in, you know, news media and all this stuff, uh, popular science about all these things that somebody did or discovered or something like that. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, you know, like we figured out a cure for like, you know, cystic fibrosis in mice or like we figured out how to make, you know, an invisibility cloak that's one millimeter big or something right <laughs> but all these things that they say like we don't have access to this technology right right and not because we can't right like there's no no difference and i think this is hard for people to wrap their heads around there's no difference between a science lab and like your kitchen you could literally take the science lab and pick it up and put it down in your kitchen and nothing would change right Right. Like nothing. It would it would be the same exact thing. There's nothing like special about the location of the thing. It's just like the knowledge of, of what's going on and yeah. the access to the resources and tools to be able to do that. Right. That's it. That's it. And when you actually come to that realization that like especially in the biomedical sciences where a lot of the tools and equipment is like very very old right oh interesting it's like you need like a centrifuge which like they've been using centrifuges for 50 (laughs) years you can buy them on ebay or something like that right yeah you need need an incubator a temperature controlled incubator to grow things at different temperatures which is like they're everywhere on the internet for all sorts of reasons and purposes chicken egg incubators or you know you know like temperature controlled heat mats that are used for terrarium or other things like all these things are super widely available and not really expensive at all. And it's just like people understanding that that's all it is. And then having the knowledge to apply that to like, say grow human cells and test different drugs or chemicals or experiment with gene therapy on them. Like it's like that realization, you know, it's been hidden from us that like, these priests have been telling us that like, you can't speak to God, you know, God being scientific knowledge. Yeah. Like, you have to go to graduate school or you can only right. hear, hear God through us when this whole time it's like, we can speak to God. Right. We just right. didn't realize it. We didn't realize it. And so it's like trying to tell people sit there and be like, yes, you can speak to God. You can do this. You know, like right. it, it's possible. And people actually like, snapping themselves out of it you know and being like oh gosh i can like wow when most people are still like most people still want to believe the priests and they want to be like nah i still think that like the priests are our best bet going forward (laughs) (laughs) what's wrong with this (laughs) progress has vastly slowed down but we're just we're gonna roll with it um (laughs) do, do you think this this has changed over time do you think in the past people were more willing to think, oh, you know, it is possible to go out and like, uh, you know, make discoveries and, and figure things out in a more robust way than we do now, where it's just like, 
there's only a couple of people that can do that. It's not me. It's not my responsibility. And. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like, um, I think it goes through cycles. I think everything in, you know, life and the world and everything goes through cycles. Um, you know, everything history repeats itself. Uh, and I think you go through cycles of like people, you know, realizing that they have some sort of power or freedom or something like that. And then using that power freedom and then enough people understanding it that they're like, Oh man, we need to figure out a way to like monetize this or take advantage of this or something like that. Maybe not even with negative intentions. Yeah. Then what happens is it creates gatekeepers and systems and then it goes back to being blocked off again. Right. Right. And then people figure out ways how to get through all that and overthrow it again and then once enough people overthrow it, then, you know, they're like, how do we make money? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a system like that, you know? Um, but I think what, one of the things is that everything tends towards decentralization, tends towards like access nice. and, and stuff like that. It's, it's just the way everything works, right? Like right. whether it's capitalism or something like that, that drives it, who knows? But like, you know, it's not long before like people have a cell phone that everybody has a cell phone right? right or like it's not long before like commercial planes are invented that like everybody can fly in commercial planes right or like stuff like that it's just like things tend towards being available to the most amount of people possible right um because that's what makes the most amount of money that's what just like drives the world i don't know but um and the same thing is true with science. And I think people don't realize that is that like science is a thing and that like it can't, it's, it's not going to stay stuck forever. Right. Even though it's been that way, you know, for the past, let's say a hundred, 200 years, like people want that knowledge. People are going to ferret out that knowledge. People are going to exploit the system. Right. People are eventually going to use it to their advantage to make money, to get a, phd without actually going to school you know or to like learn as much as a phd without actually going to school like and it's going to drive scientific progress because then you have a bunch of workers who have that knowledge that then you can hire a lot of highly skilled workers for a reasonable rate and they don't it's it's not driven by a certain you know uh funnel which is like the phd funnel right it's not like oh we only have access to globally two hundred thousand biomedical phds a year no now you have access to two million or two billion you know whatever right and uh it really changes the economics and it changes the social dynamics it changes everything about about the system that's really cool and i remember you wrote a post it was uh early in COVID, and it was oh, about gosh. It, it's about <laughs> it's not it's not about COVID in particular so uh but it is uh, a about how many actually how many you know full-time ask uh biomedical yeah. research oh, wow you read that i'm impressed yeah <laughs> so, so how many do you think we actually have at the end of the day like yeah no you know i don't remember the exact numbers of what i wrote but the yeah. thing is is like it's it's like you know active research scientists is way lower than anybody imagines right i think there's uh, something gotcha. in the post it was like 1.2 million or something like right. that active in the world um and like if you think about all the diseases and everything like that, and everybody's not even researching diseases, right? Yeah. So if you start thinking about diseases, you know, there's, I think like 30,000 classified diseases and like the yeah. who or, you know, classification system or something yeah. like that. And so 
you're talking that like for each disease, there's what 30,000. So you're talking maybe like 40 people or something like that, that can work on that disease. And that's if you're like splitting it evenly. Right. Right. And so you're talking about like 40 people in the world working on like cancer, which is not the case, right? You have a ton of people working on cancer right. and not a bunch of people working on other things. And this is just like, if everybody focused on disease and you, once you realize that, that like, 40 people working on like diabetes like that is a small fucking <laughs> that's, tiny. that's not that many people right and so you're yeah. just like holy cow like right we need to change like just for the sake of all humanity we need to change that yeah and especially when you think about like you know maybe in that post or another one i talked about like fda drug approvals um and uh, or maybe i just it's in my head <laughs> But like the FDA approves in the U.S. like something like seventy new drugs a year, um, and a lot of reformulations and, in there too. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like sixty percent of them are like reformulations or something. So you're talking like you know maybe you have like twenty to thirty kind of new drugs a year, and you're talking about like so at this rate, it's going to take us like ten thousand <laughs> years to like have a drug for every disease. Just never going to get there. Like that, this, right? I'm, like. If you think about it like that, you're like, this makes no sense at all whatsoever Bananas. In, in any sort of like social sense. Right. Right. Like who is, is there not somebody who's like, all right, at this rate, it's going to take forever. We need to figure out some way socially, morally, monetarily to change that because that's just absolutely unreasonable. Like, that's right. I, a time scale that's that long <laughs> holy cow even if you said a hundred years i'd probably be like it's a long 100 time. years yeah. like especially some of these diseases that just are are so terrible for people you yeah. know it's like no we should have a systematic way to just throw as much as we can like look at covid you know yeah it's fucking crazy where it's just like oh gosh you know like let's create a vaccine test it and you know yeah six months and like give it to everybody and then you're just like why can't we just systematically go through diseases like that right it, it, it's something weird right where when it's front of mind when it's the thing you know it, and it, i've always had this thesis that as long as humans you know we can put our attention on a problem and we're aware it's a problem and we're really worried about it we can generally solve it but you know like there's all these disease categories that are just completely ignored to some extent not completely ignored but ignored to the point where it's difficult to make progress and like even the covid vaccine stuff gives me no faith in humanity and they still <laughs> did it right like no countries work together like no, scientists, <laughs> no companies work together so you have like companies competing against each other countries competing yeah. against each other and like still somehow they managed to do this which gives me no faith for when the aliens come <laughs> oh yeah it's over <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> the aliens are going to be like we come to, to attack you and you know, everybody's going to be trying to fight their own battle against yes. the aliens and we're all just going to lose. And it's like, yes. we need to come together <laughs> as a world yes. to defeat the aliens when they come. Yep. And independence day <laughs> is not how that will turn out. No, <laughs> <laughs> They're going to whoop our asses. Yeah. We're quite bad at this stuff. Um, <laughs> collective and still, and still, you know, so it's like one of the most inefficient, things that we've ever done as a global society creating these vaccines yeah like it still worked out pretty well yeah so it's All like, considered. 
and nobody's ever created like coronavirus vaccine before. You know, I mean, like in the family of viruses, not like yeah. SARS-CoV-2, but like a coronavirus family vaccine. So it's like, that's that's really impressive. interesting. So that's really like, impressive. Like, why aren't we just doing this? Like, what what is the right? And I don't think it's anything. I think it's just like we have this mental block as a society, as like, you know, oh, like we got to trust the FDA. Oh, we got to trust the government. Oh, we got to trust these people. Right. When it's like, no, they're the ones who are actually killing us. Like, yeah. They're the ones who are making sure that, you know, it's going to take a thousand or 10,000 years <laughs> before we can treat these diseases. Well, and I do wonder how much do you think, how much of the problem do you think is like FDA just, you know, regulates things to the point where it's just impossible. Like I think recent count, it's like a billion dollars to get a drug through the FDA. Um, oh gosh, yeah, and, and like you know, fecal transplants are proof for like one indication. I think in the U.S. or something. Yeah. More broadly in Europe, I don't know. Like it's really yeah. weird. Yeah. No, I think uh, you know, I think it's the FDA, but I think it's also just like right now the biotech market is so driven by capitalism. Um, and not actually helping people. The, the yeah. incentive structure has just become so, so, so distorted right. that um, nobody's even trying for anything else besides making a blockbuster drug. Right. And uh, that's just like, it's, it's, it's the FDA, but you know, there's like certain tricks I think you can do that you can like get around it that just nobody's really doing. So for instance, like um, you can get generally uh you can get like right to try approval. Uh, like emergency use kind of like. In yeah. Life. For, for drugs. Um, if they're in like phase one clinical trials or something like that, or gotcha. filed an IND. Um, and so one of the ideas and I've been talking to some people about it uh, is that like, why not just take drug because like getting to phase one is basically like you've done animal toxicity testing. Okay. Um, That's the bar. So you're, yeah. You're just like basically this probably isn't going to kill anybody. <laughs> I um, think so. Probably, you know, not even a hundred percent, just probably. And you're just like, holy shit. Like I can just, and I don't, I don't know how much money I can't remember how much money it takes to file, but you can even get that wave. So like the filing fee for like an IND or something yeah. like that, it, it's an investigational new drug application with the FDA. Interesting. IND. Um, like you could, you can get that wave sometimes. So like theoretically what you could do is just have a company that does toxicity testing on drugs, get it, gets them into INDs or phase ones and provides them to people who are like, don't have anything else to try oh, wow. terminal, terminal illnesses or something yeah. like that. And, and you could essentially do what they did with COVID, which is like a clinical trial on like people who are, you know, a clinical trial, uh, exp an exp like the clinical trial, like we were the clinical trial with, you know, the COVID vaccine. Yeah. Right. Like, right. they're just like, here, let's just give it to people. Let's give it to 30,000, 40,000 people yeah. and just like see what happens. Right. Definitely. And it's just like, well, you know, I don't think that's necessarily the best way to go about it, but like, <laughs> it is a way to go about it. Yeah. It is a way to go about it. And it seemed yeah. to work. You know, there are issues with it. Obviously, you know, they're finding out their side effects with, you know, the J and J vaccine always gets knocked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's, 
they're suffering, man. If you got the J and J vaccine, I feel bad for you. <laughs> you, know, you lost the lottery there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, first it was blood clots and now it's nerve damage. And yeah. I don't what's next. Oh, good lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like, you know, you can do this stuff and you can actually try to help people, right? Instead of just like, let's see if this is a blockbuster drug. Um, right. Maybe become a public benefit corp. I don't know, but like the biotech the bio the pharmaceutical industry is so driven by profits that it's just like it's just like you know it's it's terrible it's just terrible and and you make a good point is that uh in some sense the regulatory burden is somewhat of an excuse for for other facts like yes it is a burden but like there's also other things going on which is important to think about yeah you know because i think the government the the thing with the government is like they're slow and i don't want to say they're dumb but like the laws they made are are kind of made to like not be perfect so generally if you're like doing trying to go around the government or trying to go around these regulations like the stuff i've wanted to get around i've always found ways to get around right right yeah if you're not doing something that's like you know, totally illegal, right? If you're just trying to say, like, do something in the biomedical or pharmaceutical world. Um, But it just like, it takes somebody who's like with a lot of things in life, it takes somebody who's willing to do something different, do something crazy, um, and try to exploit the system and willing to suffer the consequences and benefits of it, right? Because like, generally, you don't make great gains without great sacrifices. Right. Absolutely. And it's tough and it's tough to do that also when there's less of a profit motive, right? If it's, if it's less, you know, that, that just weeds more people out, right? Of the exactly. Profession. You know, and I think that's, you know, the same thing that happened with like biohacking and like why it took, um, you know, like somebody like me and some company like the Odin to, uh, really get this started when people have been doing this stuff since the beginning of history, but even in modern times, you know, there were talks since the nineties, um, even before that about people doing science experiments in their, in their homes. Like why isn't people, why aren't people doing that? Like what is holding people back? And like, right. and you know, so the Odin started in 2016. And so you're talking, you know, even when I started getting involved in, biohacking in the biohacking community you're talking like 2010 or something around there right and that's when it was like moderately popular you know at least you could find it on the internet right um and so like what what has it taken you know it's taken me somebody with a phd who came from a different background right like right i don't fit in with a lot of these phd people like that's not how i grew up you know i grew up in like on a farm we lived in poverty like it was fun but like we really lived in poverty like we didn't have much um and like my viewpoint is completely different about like all these biotech things it's not like um you know how how i can make more money or how i can make the next blockbuster drug or win a nobel prize to me it's like how can i help my family my friend you know the the the, my unit that i was created into my perspective that like drilled and and different um and that's what it takes you know some sort of diversity and i think biohacking in general bringing diversity into that 
it's going to create these people who are going to go head to head with the FDA and biopharma and be like, yeah, I totally, you know, found all the loopholes in your system. Right. And uh, here we go, you know? Um, but yeah, like why would somebody who upper middle class who went to Harvard and did yeah. a PhD at Harvard and has a professorship, why would they risk any of that? Like they don't yeah. care. It's not worth it. I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't if I was that way. <laughs> exactly. I'd be like, yeah. I'm going to just go for a, a ride in my yacht or something. <laughs> exactly. Hard to, hard to give up the yacht, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is, it, it, it does say something too, you know, you got to be careful. Like sometimes you can, uh, it's like golden handcuffs, right? You know, you're, you're making X amount of money doing something and it's like, you, it's makes it tough for you to, to do the right thing and, and to actually push things forward. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know, even with me, you know, like I got to pay the bills, you know, like <laughs> right. I'm not exactly. trying to be a martyr, like right. even limits to the stuff I'm willing to exactly. do. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Because it's just like, I, I'm like, I'm not saying I'm the, the most altruistic person at all, you know? Right. Um, and I think I have that question. At, I ask myself that question all the time. Like, how far am I willing to go? Like, would I be willing to go to jail? Would yes. I be willing to like go head to head with some of these pharmaceutical companies and be sued into oblivion? Yeah. You know, like maybe my financial life destroyed and like, these things are pretty heady, man. Yeah, exactly. Right, it is. It it really is. You know, how, how do you make those decisions, right? Like, you know, and there's all these trade offs, like pretty brutal trade offs too. Yeah, and it makes you think of just like how much of a wimp I actually am. You know? <laughs> no. Like, gosh, there was actually a revolution taking place. I would not be like, <laughs> God. Oh yes. Well, what what do they say? You know, in in Vichy, France, when um you know the Nazis took over and installed this puppet state. You know, all all the French intellectuals, you know, before they like to imagine that they would be in the resistance. You know, and they would try and fight this, and you know, like essentially none of them did. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like this tiniest percentage would do anything about it. Totally. Yeah, know. it's totally true. It is. It really is true. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, pretty it's, brutal. It is. It really is. When you think about it, you're just like, oh gosh. <laughs> I'm not as, you know, it's funny though, because my, my partner, um, she, she's the only one who knows I'm actually, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Rick and Morty or have ever watched the show, Yeah. but she, she's the only one who knows that I'm like more of a Morty than I am a Rick. Like everybody thinks I'm like a Rick Sanchez or something, yeah. but <laughs> I'm more of like a Morty. I'm more like, oh, geez, I don't know about this. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Right. I don't know if I'm really, really willing to do that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. oh man, uh, that's funny. That's yeah, but I, I would say you are uh, you're on the right side of the the bell curve for, curve for that kind of thing, which may say something about our society as well. I don't know. Yeah, um, where things you know, are. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think uh, a lot of things are we're really comfortable right now in the history of the world and the United right. States, and like. That means people are probably taking less risk than they normally would, right? Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you have a lot more to, it's like when you're in poverty, you know, um, and I think it's a mindset that never leaves you, uh, which is hard for people who've never experienced it to understand is like, when you have nothing to lose, it's, it's an interesting place to be because like, you have no shame, you have no like, uh. you know, like, there's you're willing to do anything right you know when you have nothing to lose you're willing to give up anything 
sacrifice anything because like there, there's nothing there. There's like no, you know, and being in that place. And then, you know, even now growing, you know, obviously I'm way more risk averse than I, I was, but like, you know, like it's, you, you still remember that, like, you know, it's like, gosh, even if I lost everything right now, like I would still be way better off than I was, you know, right. on a farm in the middle of nowhere, we're eating eggs from our chickens and drinking dehydrated milk, you know, because we can't afford to keep other milk cold for long enough or buy it all the time or something. You know, it's like, like, that's a different place. It's right. just like, you know, I, I, I never have to worry about that like ever. And so it makes risks different, I think for me, um, than it does for many people. Yeah. Because like, I already feel like I've, I've made it, like, I felt like I made it a long time ago and right. now everything is just like a bonus, right? It's just like <laughs> the icing just along, on the cake. I'm just along for the ride right now, yeah. you know, like wherever life takes me. And so it's like, I'm not trying to be like a billionaire or like take yeah. over the world or be famous or, you know, whatever, like I already made it. And so it's like, you know, I, I don't really have much more. I don't, I can't lose. I can never get right. back to that terrible place. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's all you know, upside. It's, it's all upside from here. Um, obviously I'm more risk averse now, you know, yeah. um, like I obviously I'm not trying to kill myself or be a martyr or anything right. like that. Where when I was younger, it was questionable. <laughs> like, oh God. <laughs> Just like, oh gosh, some of the stuff I used to do. Like, oh no. <laughs> like, I mean, not even like science experiment stuff, but like, yeah. you know, <laughs> even science experiment stuff though, in the past 10 years, it's just like, gosh, <laughs> it's funny because every time my partner, you know, cause she's always the first one who I tell about these things. Yeah. So I'm like, and she knows because usually I'll just like start talking about something. I'll be like, what <laughs> if, and once, once we have that conversation, she yeah. knows I'm going to do it because like I, once I have that idea in my head, it's hard for me to like dislodge it, it. In my head. Yeah. So I'll be like, you know, like what if, you know, like, you know, like I did the fecal transplant thing where I changed the bacteria in my body and on my That's body. Awesome. And I was just like, you know, what if I do this? And you know, she always she she knows that like doesn't matter what she says I'm gonna <laughs> do that <laughs> but she's always just like <sighs> like <laughs> all right you know and she tries to discuss it with me because she's also a scientist um nice. but uh you know it's it's definitely I've gotten less and less trying to seriously hurt myself <laughs> that's good <laughs> <laughs> you just I don't know I always say that, but then I always go and do something like, I don't know if you, you know, there's some news articles written about it and stuff where we, we, um, test made and tested a COVID vaccine. Oh yeah. Um, I always say like, I'm not going to do experiments, but then I'm like, Oh, there's a really cool, (laughs) but (laughs) there's this golden opportunity. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, and we made the COVID vaccine, me and David, another yeah. biohacker and Daria, um, not to try to sell it or not to yeah. try to do any, just to like, see if it kind of worked, you know, like that right. to me, that's what science is about. It's like, let, will this work? You know, somebody published a paper showing that a vaccine worked in monkeys. Like my logical question is like, God damn, will that work? It's like, to me, it's like, my mind goes to like, 
time travel. It always goes to like something like that. Yeah. They're like, yeah. They like sent a monkey. I mean, they did it with space, right? They like yeah. sent a monkey into space. Like your next logical question is like, will it work with humans? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, if you like send a monkey to the future, like you'd just be like, doesn't work with humans. I want to <laughs> know. Like, I got to try. <laughs> send me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was kind of like my response was like, this is really interesting. Like, yeah the technology that they used was really accessible and cheap and yeah you know a lot of companies manufactured so it was like you could pay a company to just make up this vaccine and that's so funny know, and so it was just like i just want to know if it'll work yeah this is, could somebody like create a vaccine you know on like a moment's notice right like would that be possible just like some random person obviously you know i have a phd but like yeah you know like could just some random person do this you right. know and uh you know, the results we got back were really promising. There seemed to be some immune response to our vaccine and stuff wow. like that. Um, you know, obviously, like, we didn't run a large-scale clinical trial or anything like that. But, yeah. like, you know, it's it, it's just, like, yeah, it's always, like, you know, there's that one itch sometimes that just, like, becomes unscratchable. And I just, like, try right. to put it out of my head. It I just try keeps to, coming back. Yeah, sometimes, you know, some of them are just, like, I'm just like, I'm never going to inject myself ever again. And then it just happens. It just happens. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it's so interesting in context of just, you know, like you just hear, you know, I read in The Economist. Well, it, more so it was in the last, it was probably, you know, four months ago. But, you know, all the fights over, you know, who gets the vaccine and like, is the UK going to keep all the AstraZeneca stuff? You know, oh, yeah. how, how do we like determine? It's like, man, like, you know, you could. This you is know, so dumb. It's so it's dumb. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's, so, so stupid. <laughs> it's like really like, and that's what I'm talking about being so disincentivized. It's like you got, you have these patents like, and you have all this stuff and like, it's, you're just like tons of people dying and everybody's yeah. just like, well, like who gets some rights for this or something? And like, yeah, exactly. Who's going to pay the licensing fee? And it's like, <laughs> there's all these people dying. Like Jesus Christ, guys, come on, <laughs> get your act together. Jesus. <laughs> the fact that more people like aren't freaking out about that is like really 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 weird you know? that is it's weird right like and i get it like we're all about self-preservation human beings you know we're like well i would hope that me and my family would be preserved first you know everybody yeah. would yeah but it's uh it's it's still really like the amount of self-preservation versus like trying to help other people is gosh it's so ingrained it's it's yeah. just getting worse in, in the world. And it's yeah. just like, God damn, like, you know, there's like so many things we could just here, try that. You know, I got, I have had people contact me in other countries and be like, Hey, can we like try to use your vaccine or can you teach us or tell us how to do this or manufacture it? And I'm just like, yeah, fuck. Like, wow. Number one, if you're contacting me, like that's a it's fucked up good. situation. <laughs> it's not going good. <laughs> Some random crazy guy on the internet. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking like, I wouldn't contact me. <laughs> He's the guy who ate poop. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and it's just obviously I can't help these people. I'm not going to help like I, I'm just not in a place to like take yeah. that risk upon myself. I'm just right. like a, a fucking human. Yeah. Like one dude, one person, like I'm, I can't take that responsibility on myself. Yeah. Like, 
whatever it is like financially you know like yeah you know in terms of like breaking the law or right. like even if there's no laws being broken like risking people's lives that's right like, yeah like that's a heavy burden to bear for anybody and that's why they have you know like all these like committees and fda yeah. and all these things so there's not one person who has to be like we're going for it yeah and they have to live with all the people who die or the people who don't die right right like which is good and it's like that's too heavy for me and it's just like i it can't be involved but it's also just like you know people are dying and like what do you do like how do we make society better so that we can incentivize pe those people getting help instead of people like me being incentivized to not do anything right yeah right like i'm ag actively being disincentivized to like save lives and yeah. i'm not saying i would save lives i'm not saying the vaccine we invented would like help these people or save lives yeah. but i'm just saying in general like even companies are being disincentivized to providing right. their vaccines for free or to other countries without the licensing or patents or other yeah. bullshit without somebody getting paid it's like yeah. we're not incentivizing the correct thing yep which with these really quite brutal outcomes at the end of the day which is a uh, it's disappointing but it's a path you know it is it's if you can identify the problem you have a chance of solving it so that's the biggest yeah the yeah i hope so for sure right right <laughs> exactly um well josiah thanks so much for coming on you know i learned a ton today and i really enjoyed talking to you um where can people find your work and where should people go for the odin and everything yeah no uh you know i'm on most social medias except for tiktok i really haven't figured out tiktok yet you know it's just like not my thing i don't know if i'm getting old <laughs> <laughs> i actually might have a tiktok account and just never use it yeah um but yeah, you can find me, you know, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on all that stuff. Um, you can find my website where I have a blog, josiahzaner.com and nice. my company where we sell genetic engineering kits, the Odin, it's the dash Odin.com go there. But yeah, I'm on social media. I, I try to post and engage and, uh, you know, feel free to send me a DM. I'm not saying I'll get back to it. Um, but like, you know, I do my best, uh, it's cool. You know, uh, I'm around. I try to make myself available, you know, when I can, even though I have a really busy schedule. Nice. That's really cool. Uh, well, thank you much, so much, uh, Josiah. We'll put those links in the show notes so people can find it. Yeah, well, it was a really great conversation. I liked it. It, it had a really, it was, it was definitely a, more interesting than most of <laughs> the conversations I have. Thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. I'm just glad you didn't ask me to define biohacking, you know, like, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs>